You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome back to Yoga Magic. How are we doing, friends? I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and oh my gosh, you guys, it is flipping freezing here in Minnesota. <laughs> oh my God. And when it gets this bad, like this cold, I, I feel like it, you know, it affects things like, you know, cars and motors and heaters, but it also affects the mood so much. I just am like, oh, this is tough. Seasonal affective disorder on like overdrive, seriously. Uh, funny story about how cold it is. If you're not from Minnesota, I just like want to give this some context. So right now it's about negative 20 degrees, but a few years ago it was what was called a polar vortex and it got to be like negative 40 degrees. And I was working at the yoga studio alongside actually our guest today and... <laughs> the doors to the studio would freeze shut because you know it's kind of humid in yoga studios especially if they're heated and so the like the actual like doors to the outside they would freeze shut so I would I had a blowtorch in my car like a little handheld blowtorch that I would have to use to open up the doors (laughs) I like I feel like such a badass like yes I will open this door no matter what we need to do the yogas oh my gosh (laughs) anyway the sun is out today. I think we're going to be all right. In the meantime, I'm just taking, you know, lots of hot baths. I'm taking lots of extra rest, cranking those humidifiers up. We're going to get through this. Those of you in tropical or warm places, God bless, seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh, today's a good episode. We're, I'm chatting with someone who I've known for a while, someone who I learned a lot from. If you're a budding yoga teacher or you just, you know, you want to, you like to hear it straight, this is a good episode for you. I'm sitting down with my friend and mentor, longtime yoga teacher, Wendy Siegel. So Wendy and I, we taught together here in Minnesota. And I just, I love people who are willing to tell me the truth, even when it's hard. Tell it to me straight. Really no BS. That's actually not a very Midwestern thing to do. It's like, you know, we're very passive aggressive here in the Midwest. And so when someone just like says exactly the truth, it's almost like, whoa, but oh, it's such, it's refreshing. Like I really, I really need that. And when I started managing the studio and I started working with Wendy, trying new things, I could always count on her to just give it to me straight, even when that was really hard or I learned that I was doing something, you know, that wasn't necessarily working. And I got better, you know, as a teacher and as a leader. And I'm really grateful for her for that. So I asked her to be on the show just to chat, just to share her experiences as a yoga teacher of 10 years, you know, things that she's hoping for in the community, things that are challenging. 
she's been through a lot in the last year. You know, she survived breast cancer and she shared with many people, you know, during the struggle. And she's really helped a lot of women become more aware of the risks in breast cancer and just to be more open about that. Wendy is, she's the best. I'm really glad that she's on this show. Friends, if you are new here, thanks for listening. This is Yoga Magic. (laughs) I'm so grateful. We do these episodes twice a week. Tuesdays are usually more freeform conversations, sometimes just me. And Thursdays are self-care tools brought to you from an array of experts. And a, a reminder, if you're listening to this episode, you know, in live time, we have a giveaway Um, coming up here right now that you can win a care package of my very favorite teas, a mug, and then a cosmic self-care guide created specifically for you. These are customized self-care plans based on your individualized birth chart, and they're created by me. All you need to do to enter is leave a rating and write a review of this show Take a quick screenshot of it before you hit submit and then send it to me at Yoga Magic Podcast on Instagram. Okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsor, Focus by Freddie, the best supplement for brain cognition and focus. And if you learned something new today, you like this show, this episode, share it with a friend or share it on Instagram and tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. Okay, let's get to our chat with yoga teacher, Wendy Siegel. So, okay, I'm here today with my friend, Wendy, Wendy Siegel, a, a mentor, a friend, she, you, you call yourself a yoga mama, which like truly I think is the best description of who you are. Thanks for being on the show, Wendy. <laughs> Thanks for having me and yoga mama is about right. Yep. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. funny as I, I told John, my husband who loves Wendy, loves her. And I said, okay, Wendy's going to be on the show today. We're going to talk all these things. And he like, he didn't say anything for a second. And then he said, Wendy's the most magnetic person that I know. And I was like, <laughs> seriously? First of all, I love that he's using the word magnetic. And then I thought about it. I'm like, that wow. makes so much sense because you can say things and people listen and they take it to heart. And that's like, that is a gift, especially as a yoga teacher. So I want to dive into what you've discovered teaching yoga and just, you know, everything that you teach. Before we do that, can you tell listeners just about? your journey into teaching yoga, how long you've been doing it, what it looks like these days. <laughs> All of the My journey is a little, it's, I mean, it's kind of weird. I started doing yoga after I got injured training for a marathon, thinking mm-hmm. I was a runner at five foot three. It was, it turns out I wasn't. So <laughs> I, I was injured and I had to find something to do to keep my body moving. Mm-hmm. So I started doing hot yoga, which holy bananas, that blew my mind. So, and then a year and a half after I started practicing, the owner of the studio that I was going to at the time was like, you should teach. I'm like, I have no training. She's like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> just do it. It, it. Just do it. So I took like, I started one training program and it was, eh. and I, and then I jumped into another and I finished it. And, and then I ended up teaching at core power and I've been there for 10 years. Oh my gosh. That's I know. Amazing. 10 yeah. years. And So it was hot. Was it like Bikram that you started with? She was a Bikram studio to start. Mm. Um, And by the time I got there, she had disaffiliated with him. That's another rabbit hole. But um, yeah, and she kind of had her, it was kind of like a variation of hot yoga of the Bikram series. Mm -hmm. So that's what I learned how to teach first. Yeah. The 26, the postures, the the discipline. The verbiage. That's actually the first class I took too. The very first one before I like really realized that I was a yoga lover, but I remember being 
I remember I liked that discipline that I knew I would have, I was coming back to the same thing every time. And the heat mm-hmm. was just, it was, it was like next level. It was, uh, it was like yeah. almost, I felt like out of body in those classes. Maybe, I don't know if it was yeah. for the better, but. <laughs> I think that the sequence itself for Bikram is amazingly brilliant. Yeah. I agree. And when I look at the way that it's designed and the way you move through postures, it's, it's brilliant. Like that's the only word I can use to describe it. Um, and when this person who owned the studio at the time kind of went off that a little bit, it was nice because we got to not follow a script. Hmm. I, I learned how to give a ton of modifications and variations. Cause that's not part of hot, of hot, hot yoga is giving like variations and, and modifications. Right. So I was so happy to be like, just do your own fucking thing. I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> if you can't stand on one foot, stand on two. Like right. that's, yeah. So I just feel lucky that I got in with somebody who was like, just leave people alone. Like just yeah. let them be in their practice. Let okay. them have their, pra- and that's actually something I really love about your class is like, you say it exactly like that. Like, just do whatever you fucking want. <laughs> your practice but also when someone needs help when you see them yeah really yeah. having a moment like I'm sorry for my poor husband I'm calling him up but like yeah in a moment you know tight tight ass hamstrings like needing some extra love here you do it in a way that makes him feel like oh yeah of course I can do this like I'll yeah. just make a little modification here and that's you know we both teach lots of yoga we've been there it's it's hard to to please everyone. It's, it's, it's impossible to please everyone in class and, and to be the teacher for everyone. Has that been like a struggle? How have you over, have you overcome that? Oh boy. (laughs) It used to really bother me. And like, I would lay awake at night and be like, Oh, I can't. Why did that person not like my class? Yeah. I don't care anymore. There Mm -hmm. are enough yoga teachers in the twin cities that if someone doesn't like my style or the way that I teach, there's so many other people for them to go to. And I don't, I want people to find the teachers that they click with. I don't want it to just be me, but yeah, I think I just got over that a while ago. And I've even had students be comfortable enough to be like, you know, I really didn't like your playlist today. And I'm like, (laughs) you know what? You could just put some um, earplugs in next time. Cause that'll be the playlist for the month. Like I just don't take it to heart anymore. Right. I think all that sequence, I don't know. I'm like, you know what? it's okay. You should try Ashley's class. She's got this great sequence going on right now. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That being said though, there, I have been, at least this is my journey of like being a little bit more, you know, opinion is one thing, right? Like opinion. Yeah. I don't like your music. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like the way you cued that, whatever. There is some more conversation I'm noticing around like things such as, Hey, I noticed that you didn't use, um, inclusive language today. And like in the past, I feel like I might've been really offended about that. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me that I didn't know. And I'm so glad you pointed it out. Have you, have you felt that? You've probably been open to it for a long time. (laughs) A long time. But you know, I had a teacher say to me many years ago, stop using the word yogis. Stop Mm. it because that is a male word. Yogi is a male Okay. It is. And so I'm really working hard on inclusive language when I'm teaching now. And I still slip. Like I still say things like you guys, or every once in a while I'll say yogis. But for the most part, I 
I'm working and I struggle with it because, you know, we've been programmed to teach a certain way, but I always, I'm looking at people now. I'm like, I don't know what that person's pronouns are. Mm. I don't know what that person identifies as. I have no idea unless they tell me. So my words are everybody and everyone. I try, I say friends a lot. Yeah. I say say y'all, which is like, I'm from Minnesota. What? (laughs) Hey, whatever works. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough one because I think I've said yogis 8 million times in my life. And every time I catch myself saying it now, I'm like, stop it. Like, I don't even say yogi squat anymore. I say yoga squat. I'm Hmm. really trying to work that stuff out so that there's no gender related Mm -hmm. into the way that I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, okay. So yoga, capital Y yoga. We, we (laughs) talk about this all the time. It is so many things. You and I have led teacher trainings together. And, and I, I think that like you and I are such different humans and have had such different experiences yet we come together around this deep, deep understanding of yoga as a much larger you know, it's, it's this whole spirit really. Like it's yeah. a lifestyle. It's everything. Yeah. And it's, it's hard sometimes to, to convey that in a, in an asana class, right. In like one class, what do you think of as yoga? Like what is capital Y yoga to you? That is such a loaded question. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's physical where I teach that's what it is, right? That's the main part of it. But I think what you say and the energy that you bring into the room changes the way that the asanas are done mm. and cued and the way they feel in people's body. Because, you know, I can walk in and go, inhale, warrior two. And they're like, what? Period. And then nothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or inhale, warrior two notice in your body, blah, 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 blah. How are you feeling in your mind? What is going on with you? Like, there's just so much more in the physical practice that's not physical. Mm. So I feel like that is becoming more of a thing and people are craving whatever that teacher has to say at the time. Right. Whatever words, like, you know, when you're in a class, someone says a word and you're like, oh my light bulb moment. Holy shit, I never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. And it could just be a word. Like, that's what people I think I feel when I walk in are really looking for. Cause I don't think I teach the hardest class or, you know, the the most crazy class. I just don't, but people are coming because they need something else. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, it's been really interesting. Mm-hmm. So you, so it's it's words, it's energy. It's, it's truth. Like that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. It's total truth. Like some days I walk in and I've just had a shit morning. Yeah. I'm like, Hey everyone, I had a shit morning. Let's get going. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that adds some levity into the class. Like levity too is everything because just because I had a shitty morning doesn't mean I'm going to teach shitty class, but like, here's why the -hmm. energy might be off right now, but I'm fine. We're all fine. And, and adding a little humor around things that feel heavy for me always feels better. And then the class can be like, yeah, that is shitty morning too, but here we are. <laughs> it's not like you're dumping, you know, you like, you're dumping it on them. You're just saying like, here, I'm a human. Here's where I am today. And like this actually, I didn't think to talk about this with you, but I 
total makes total sense. People put yoga teachers, especially really wise yoga teachers like you on this very high pedestal, which is so much pressure. I'm like, I mess up so much. And it's it, so gross. <laughs> it's just gross. Let me just say that. Blech. I don't like, like that. the guru thing. Yeah. I don't like it. And yeah. I have, I've talked about that a lot when I teach like a, we are just people. Mm-hmm. And the only real guru you have is you, not me. Right. You can take what I say in, but what you do with it is what you do with it. I don't do anything with that. And that you should be going to lots of different teachers because they all have things to offer. Now, yoga didn't used to be that way, right? Sure. It used to be like you find one teacher and that's that's your like eternal yoga teacher. But mm-hmm. I think that's kind of gross. And that well, creates... and it, we've seen it go awry. I mean, we really, sadly, yeah. that's been, been the, yeah. uh, ugh, the... Too much ego. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's well, that's yoga kind of all over, but it definitely yoga in the U.S. Yikes, yeah. But yeah. we're learning, yeah. and and yeah. I think I, I I agree with you on the like we are our own guru. Like we I've talked yeah. about that on the show before. No, as you're you know with all these experience that you've had teaching, and and spending time with people, and you and I just kind of briefly touch on feeling other people's energy before we started oh. this. That's so hard at times. Like, what have you learned teaching yoga, being an empath, like understanding the world around you, whether it's good or bad? <laughs> I have learned that you, I would say that I've worked on being a judgmental person for many years, mm. like inside, I would never say anything outside, but as I've taught more and more and more, and especially over the last probably five years and especially since I had breast cancer and all that, like I look at people and I'm like, gosh, I wonder what their story is. Not like, look at that person's shoulders. Like, what is their story? Like, mm. why are their shoulders like that? Like, is it trauma? What can I do to make them feel? Co- I just think people have a story and yoga, whether they're telling you the story or not, which I've heard a lot of stories yeah. in yoga, <laughs> I've heard it all, but <laughs> it's helping them move through whatever's going on. I just can't judge people anymore. Even when I'm out like at Costco, which heavy judgment in Costco, right? <laughs> oh my God, I can't. I hate, Costco. I hate it. But I walk in and I'm like, I wonder like what's really up over there. Mm. Like without being like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like it, I'm better at that. And that's a lot of what I've learned from teaching yoga and hearing people's stories and where people came from and, good things and bad things and like things they've over it's people are amazing mm-hmm. people are their stories are amazing yeah do you feel like you can ask them you know hey like you can ask them leading questions to get to understand their stories or like I'm just curious yeah. like sometimes I'll just say hey <laughs> like somebody I've known for a while <laughs> um so like tell me how you grew up yeah and then blah, it's everything. You know, mm-hmm. they just spit it out. But that takes a long time. Like, you're not going to be a new yoga teacher and be like, hey, tell me about all your trauma. Like, you're not, you're not going to do Some that. Some people might. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Is that a good idea? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But, is, but really what I find is that people, when they need to tell me something, they just tell me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just tell me. And I'm like, okay. That gives me a lot of insight into the way that people move their bodies and the way that their their faces are that like 
I don't, I just, there's not even words to describe what I'm trying to talk about, but I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. People are just amazing. People are amazing. And I think that the, I haven't taught an in-person class in a long time. And I, yeah. and I realized I, last night was the first time I taught for some friends at a smaller business. And I realized that I really have missed that energetic exchange. I've missed that communication layer from seeing bodies in person. We'll get that, you know, like it's, you're, you're yeah. back teaching in person. Like we're, it's going to be, we're going to get there. It's not going to be like, we're doing digital yoga forever. But I yeah. think that exchange of stories without, without any words is so real in yoga. And that can be a lot for a teacher, but it can also, I mean, I think about, I come home sometimes and I think about like that same thing, like, wow, that person, they, they taught me so much today and they never opened their mouth. That's right. (laughs) That's right. It's easy sometimes to like make an assumption about people too. I think that I'll, you know, say someone comes in, like you said, you know, based on the way they hold themselves that like, oh man, they must be dealing with something really rough. And it's like, maybe not, maybe they're just like, kind of relax. Maybe they just had an enjoyable CBD sparkling beverage and now they're here. Or they're still AF or <laughs> had that happen too. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Can we talk a little about uh, your journey with, with um, breast cancer and just sure. like the things that you learned through that experience? Because I was there with you, oh. you were going through it and like, you were so strong and everybody wanted to take care of you. And you're just like, <laughs> I got this, everybody. I've got it. Back the fuck off me. You You know what? Here's the thing. I, so my breast cancer was kind of found by accident. My sister was diagnosed and then I, she tested for the BRCA mutation, which is a breast cancer mutation in your genetic system. And so I tested and I came back positive and my doctor's like, you need to go get a breast MRI. That's where they found my breast cancer. Wow. So they found it early. And I had a double mastectomy in June of 19. And then they put in at that time, um, expanders, um, the, the cosmetic surgeon. And then in, then every week you'll go in and get them filled. And that was just a weird experience all the way around. But then, <laughs> and I laugh about it now. Cause I'm like, they were putting saline through a tube into my boob. It was just the weirdest thing. Yeah, It was the weirdest thing. But then in November, I had a full hysterectomy also, hmm. and um, which I best surgery I've ever had. Not really. Lie. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. So good. And then so then the implants, the actual implants were put in. So I think I never stopped to think like, why me? Like I knew why me. I know why me because I'm supposed to talk about it with other women, with other people, so that women stop saying, oh, I'll be like, Shh, don't talk about it. Like talk fucking talk about it. Mm -hmm. That's how other women get like, after I got diagnosed and started talking about it, three other students came to me and said, I was just diagnosed with breast cancer What? because I went and had a mammogram. I have goosebumps. I didn't. Yeah. That's why it's so important. And like, that's why I know that it was me chosen and I'm okay now. Like I'm okay. The cancer's gone. And I didn't have to go through chemo and take a medication for five years, which, you know, can handle that mm-hmm. and, and just go on. Like I just go on. Yeah. 
The hysterectomy, you said that was a great surgery. I I'm curious. I've never heard anyone say that before. Tell me why. Well, I'm in my fifties. I'll be 55 in February. So when you have the BRCA mutation, you also run a really high risk of cervical and um, ovarian cancer. Okay. So with my history of endometriosis and I had an ovarian cyst a couple of years ago explode, she's like, everything needs to come out. Mm so that there's nothing for the cancer to attach to. So I had my uterus, my ovaries, my um, cervix and tubes, everything's gone. Everything. And everything is gone. And it was laparoscopic. So the recovery for me was like nothing. Hmm. And I didn't struggle. I had no bleeding. I had no issues. I had no, and I think a lot of women get really afraid of that surgery because they think it's going to be terrible to recover from, but it's really, I can't speak for everyone. I can speak for me and other people I know that it wasn't terrible. Now in your thirties, having a hysterectomy, I think would have a lot of trauma and other things attached to it. That's different. That's totally different. Right. Okay. That's a good point. That that difference makes it, I just think about like the womb space and, and you've had, you have you know, two girls, like you've, yeah. you've done the creation and now you're really, you're prioritizing your health and yeah, I honor that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss any of that. None of it. <laughs> yeah. You being so, you know, so wise and so really open to learning and to oh, yeah. just a world of growth. How has that impacted being a mother? Like what is, what do you, what have you taught your two amazing girls? Let's just say that they have taught me way more than I have taught them. Don't they? Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, you know, I remember when my kids were really little. Like, my my oldest was probably five. My youngest was three. And we were in the car. And those are always the best conversations because they can't get away from you. True. You can say what you need to say, right? And they can say what they... So we were in the car and I just said, Hey, I just wanted to tell you two something. And they're like, mom, we're listening to whatever Rafi or whoever was on at the time. And I said, I just want you to know that whoever you love is who you love, mm. whether they're male or female or something else or whatever. And you never have to be afraid to tell me anything because I love you no matter what. And I just thought, okay, well I said it big deal, but those words holy shit, are they powerful as your kids get older? And now my kids, they're all about, like, I have learned a ton from my oldest about um, racism and how, you know, white privilege. I didn't know those words, white privilege. I had no idea until she was like, here's the deal, mom, wake the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) She said that. Yeah. And she's like, this is what you are doing. And light bulb, light bulb moment for me. And so I learn a lot from my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I never knew the word non-binary until my kids got older and we're like, this is what it is. I'm like, I know people who are non-binary, but I never had a word. Mm -hmm. And they never told me. So they have taught me just calm down. Look at people for who they are, not what you see on the outside. That was just, yeah. But you they did really... that. You you built that in them. You need to give yourself credit because if you know kids are they're going to find their way in the in the world, but you set that up. And now, and totally. like, what a gift to be able to learn from your kids. 
right? Oh, it's, I, yes. And I love it. And they have called me out on a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like we've had some knockdown drag out fights where I know they're right. Oh, they're going to, when they listen to this, they're going to be like, ha ha. But <laughs> you know, like, I know they're right, but I'm so mad at myself that I have to hang up the phone and be like, what the hell is she talking? She's right. Like, you know, right, just fall right. into it. And we have a lot of really good conversations around life. Even if we don't agree, we still have good conversations. But I appreciate when my kids call me out on stuff because I, yeah. don't, I don't see it all the time. All right, friends, let's talk about energy. As an entrepreneur, as a yoga teacher, a mom, all the things, which I know all of you are too, it's so critical that that we have enough energy and focus throughout the day. And it's taken me a while to get into a groove with this, but something that has helped me so much is a supplement called Focus by Freddie. One of the co-founders of Freddie, Chelsea Glazer, was actually on a past episode of the show talking all about this. So Focus by Freddie, it's, it's a nootropic, which is kind of a fancy way of saying something that helps improve brain function with memory and motivation. And that being said, I'm pretty particular about what I put into my body, so it was extra critical that this nootropic be completely natural. And Focus by Freddie totally is. The all-natural daily morning supplement helps you feel sharp, collected, and energized all day. If you're curious what's in it, there's L-theanine to help with cognitive function and mood, lion's mane, which is an adaptogenic mushroom that assists with learning and memory, ashwagandha to help alleviate stress, bacopa leaf for recall, and just a little bit of green coffee bean for natural energy. I love it so much, everybody. So Focus by Freddie actually completely sold out over the holidays because they're so awesome. (laughs) But good news, they're coming back in stock next week, and I've got a discount for you. Head on over to wearefreddie.com. Dot com. Grab your Focus by Freddie and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off of your purchase. And if you move quickly and you pre-order while they're still restocking, you can stack this discount on with the 20% off in place already. So major discounts, everybody. Again, head over to wearefreddie, that's F-R-E-D-I dot com, and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off your order. This is why I ask you for motherhood advice because I feel like you'll give it to me straight. And yeah. Okay. I want to come back to yoga a little bit. What what drives you nuts as a yoga teacher? (laughs) You want the long list? Yeah, I do. I want it. I want to know. First of all, a lot of things really used to drive me insane. Now, I kind of don't, I don't really let very much bother me in yoga. I think as petty as this is when people walk into a yoga room and they snap their mat really loud and they lay it down. I'm like, what, what is that? We know you're here. Don't do that. That drives me absolutely out of my mind. Do you think they're just not self-aware? Probably. Yeah. But at the same time, when you hear that sound in a silent room, duh. Like flop. (laughs) No. Yeah. It's for searing my brain. Um, There just isn't a lot that drives me crazy. It's funny because I do think it kind of, you lose it. You lose the the triggers after like so many years teaching. I remember it used yeah. to really, really bug me when people would leave during Shavasana because it's just oh. to me, like I want to educate them about 
the parasympathetic nervous system and like the purpose of rest and like, I'm a cancer son. So let's talk about the divine feminine. I mean, like, I'm like, let's go deep. And people are just like, I gotta go get my kids from daycare. And now I understand that so much more. And like, it's not my favorite, but also you do you, you know, it's going to be okay. That's right. That's right. It used that really, that used to drive me completely out of my mind. Like I would just sit there and get mad. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, at least they laid there for a minute. Yoga has changed a lot in our times teaching. You've been teaching longer than me, but I've seen it shift a lot. And I've seen myself shift. I've seen my peers, my mentors Mm -hmm. thinking more inclusively, like we talked about thinking about what, you know, the, the impact of yoga is outside of the mat what have you observed in your 10 years of teaching? How has it shifted? And, oh. and maybe even like, what are your hopes for the future for, for yoga in the U.S.? I feel like yoga. So one question I used to get asked a lot, which I don't anymore is, um, how do I get a yoga butt? I'm like, I don't know. Have a butt and bring it to yoga. A yoga butt. Like a, like a yoga a, butt. Like a firm butt? Like is a that full what we're talking? butt. I don't know. What, I, don't I don't know. even know. Okay. I don't know. I'm not looking at your butt. I don't care about your butt. But my answer would always be, have a butt and bring it to yoga. There you go. I don't have an answer for that. So I think people used it, and I think they still do, but even less now, as this physical form of exercise, Mm. right, to build whatever they're trying to build physically. But what I've seen over, especially since the pandemic, to be honest with you, is this shift of like, students need that connection and that breathing together and that energy so much more than they even need the physical stuff that I don't hear people talking so much about, unless it's yoga sculpt, of course, but even Mm -hmm. at that, they're talking more now about what it feels like to be in the space together. Mm. And I love that because I don't care what your butt looks like. I don't care how much you weigh. I don't care if you're male, female, or something else. I don't care what color you are. I care that you come to yoga and you connect with other people. And that is what I see people going towards. I love it. I used to say things like, you know, I mean, like that there was a reward structure for doing crunches or like doing poses like that. I think about that. Like that is, yeah. I mean, in in yoga sculpt is one thing, right? Like it's a, it's kind of a fitness class. It's a little different, but yeah. Yoga butt world. Like let's, can we leave that behind forever? Like forever. And even yeah. in yoga sculpt, I would never talk about anything that had to do with anything other than your inner strength. Mm. Cause I, because even in yoga sculpt, you're really building from the inside out because it all has to start on the inside, right? You have to have the courage to get there and the endurance to stay in the class And then somewhere down the road comes the physical strength. So I think it's all internal. Mm -hmm. So I don't talk about any of that, like biceps and quadriceps and unless I'm saying to engage something like so that you protect yourself. But other than that, no way. I mean, I don't want that to be a focus. And I I think it's less and less a focus. Mm -hmm. I do too. Yeah. 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 And I love that because I... I see all sizes, all shapes, all ages. Like I can have a 16 year old and a 75 year old in the same class. Right. I fucking love that. Yeah. That's just one of my favorite things. And they're both so strong, so strong physically, mentally, emotionally in that space. They hold it. Yes. It's amazing. Especially when you see the 75 year old 
and you're thinking, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, and that person is just in there doing their thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my favorite students is he's, I think he's about 73 or 74. And his wife <laughs> told him that he needed to start doing strength training because he was losing his muscle tone. <laughs> oh my I know, I loved it. So he started doing sculpt at 72 years old. Oh my gosh. And he just kicks butt. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. What do you hope for in the next few years? If we're, if this is kind of the beginning of, not the beginning, but if this is like, we're really stepping into our own as a larger yoga collective about what yoga is for real, really, you know, like we are, you know, we both worked for core power for a long time. Core power is doing a really good job at looking yeah. at inclusivity and they're owning up to their mistakes and they're doing, yeah. you know, really stepping forward. What as, you know, a larger yoga world do you hope for? What I hope for is that we can bring yoga more to the masses in a way more affordable or free way. Mm. Like not everybody can afford to have a membership to a yoga studio or a gym. And I feel like I mean, I want to get out there and get in spaces more, but I can't do that till the pandemic's over and not charge necessarily charge people or make things more donation based, you know, or so that we get out there and get yoga to more people. And it doesn't have to be an hour long kick ass vinyasa class. It could be 20 minutes of stretching and breathing. Mm-hmm. It does not have to be uh, such a hard ass thing all the time, you know, and, and I, I feel like that's what's missing is that part of it and well and just making it accessible which I don't think it really is right now Mm -hmm. you know I look at the members where I am and there's it's a lot of the same kind of people Mm -hmm. you know and when I I think to myself gosh I could (laughs) be teaching this to people who can't necessarily afford it but really want to do yoga sincerely want to practice yoga. Mm -hmm. So that is one of my goals coming out of the pandemic for sure. And, and they want to practice it in the studio, you know, like online yoga is so accessible and I do really, I mean, I teach it. I I think it's amazing and it's helped me reach so many new people. Yep. And there is something so magical about being in person about like we had talked about earlier, feeling that exchange of information, of seeing other bodies that can't really be duplicated at home. No. And have you ever walked, like when you're in a class, even taking a class, like you almost feel like there's just this like constant, like loop of energy around everybody. And it just keeps moving through the room. That's, that's the part of yoga that people seem to be wanting to connect to right now Mm -hmm. is that. And I, I hope to be able to take that into places where maybe there isn't a yoga studio and there's just a weird space that we can do yoga in or, you know, mm-hmm. so I, yeah. Often I hear students, new students to yoga say that it's so intimidating that going into, mm-hmm. especially, you know, larger um, yoga studio that's busy, that's, it's so intimidating. And I think you're hitting it on the head is like maybe going to a more non-traditional space where it's small and we can connect. And I think about like this seat, the yoga scene in like New York city. I mean, there's like yeah. people do yoga and like 
gross warehouses. And that's like, that's right. If this scene is just older, right? Like it's just been there longer and that everyone kind of does it. Everyone just does yoga. And that's maybe where we're going in some of these smaller cities, other, you know, small towns, like where I grew up, just let's do yoga in the park together. And, and making the practice physically accessible to the people that you're teaching, right? Like when you walk in and you know who you're, you know, if it's a group of like way older people, you're not going to be doing, you know, leg kicks and, you know, planks and you're going to be doing a more gentle form of yoga. So knowing who your audience is too, I think will make people feel more comfortable. You know, I, I do, I have had a lot of experience with people coming in, speaking of the intimidation thing, saying things like, well, I don't have any Lululemon and, and I just get my stuff at Target. This, this has been going on for a long time. And, and I, I feel really intimidated because I'm fat or this person looks perfect and blah, blah, blah. And I used to not know how to respond to that. But now I'm just like, you know what, come on in and do yoga. Just come in, practice yoga. You do whatever you can. uh, And I will give as many options for you as I can. And when you need a break, you'll take a break. And it's nobody's business but your own. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. and then they get up there and they realize it's really not so intimidating. Mm -hmm. And that 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 perfect person that they're seeing has all kinds of other issues. (laughs) What they're seeing, right? Yeah. That's, That's what people don't see. They're not wrong though. The marketing of the yoga world. I mean, when you Google yoga, you see a beautiful white woman fully in her Lululemon, you know, in a beautiful- With her abs. Right? Like that's not- beautiful boobs. Yeah. (laughs) That's not not reality. Right. And it's taken a long time for me to even see that I remember, Oh my God, I just thought of this as we're talking. So I love talking to you right after I had Lily. I remember literally saying out loud, like maybe a month after I had her, I need to lose the baby weight. I'm a yoga teacher. What the fuck? I said that. And I don't, now I'm like, Hey everybody. Like I love who my person is. I love this physical body and it looks nothing like a pre baby. body. You had fucking babies in there. Like, (laughs) How is it going to look the same? You know? I know. And I do think that women especially are very intimidated by other women. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. In yoga. And we have kind of been programmed not to be very supportive of each other. It's true. And now, I mean, I'm not, I just am what I am. Right. And I, I think we need to include yoga teachers who are all different shapes, all different sizes, all different colors, all different orientations and genders so that people see that there is no yoga teacher body or mm-hmm. yoga body. There just isn't. What's next for you, Wendy? Like what's your, what's your 2021, you know, you talked a little bit about um, what your hopes are, but like, what, what are you working on these days? I would like, well, I want to finish that personal training, sir. Yeah. And then I would like to get in a 500 hour training yes. this year, if it's possible um, for yoga but my goal is to hopefully by the end of 2021, because everything needs to settle down. I want to buy a house. And then the training that I do, I'd like to do out of my house. So it's oh, literally yeah. one-on-one um, so that people have a safe, small, you know, unintimidating kind of place to come and be trained and, or I will go to them. So mm-hmm. those are kind of my 2021 goals. Um, yeah. 
simple. What about your podcast? Were you going to start a podcast? I was going to start a podcast called Own Your Shit Show. <laughs> I would listen. You know I will. I, mean, I know. I just, you know, I'm I'm having trouble jumping off onto the podcast bandwagon. Mm, and yeah. Bridget and I, you know, Bridget, we were thinking about doing one together, mm-hmm. um, which would be hilarious because we're this so opposite of each other. So awesome. I know, but we all, we, we've been friends forever. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Happy we'll to see. give you any guidance as I'm I know. in it. In it. I know. <laughs> I, I keep back. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then yes, I'm going to do it. So yeah. Yeah. I just woke yeah. up one day and I like had been dreaming about it for years and I'm just like, I'm doing it, watching YouTube videos and here we go. And now it's like, it's crazy town to look back and be like, oh, I, I listened to that. Finally listened to like where my true calling was. And, and luckily yoga is really what taught me to start listening. And then, you know, now I'm just like, this is, I've never been more happy, more proud. Like it's crazy how that comes yeah. about, you know? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And I'm so glad you do your podcast. Cause I do listen to it. So, and you have some pretty interesting people. And then sometimes I listen, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, you know, but that's good for me too, because then I'm, I have to think about stuff. So what's your sun sign again? I always ask, is it, I'm an Aquarius. Yeah. Okay. I just wonder if like the Ascension, like the whole, just what we're going through right now, we talked, we talked briefly about it, but it's, it's a lot, especially for you, Aquarius, especially for a conscious Aquarius, like you, like, whoa, the world is, is great and it's going yeah. to be a bit of a painful transition. I think it will. I think that the painful part of it for me might be starting to end, to be yeah. honest. Like Good. I feel like I'm coming back up the other side of the mountain now. So uh, yeah, I mean, I felt that heaviness, but I don't feel super heavy anymore. That's good. Yeah. 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 Ugh, Wendy, we could, t- can we just shoot us monthly? Just like hang out. Sure. Shoot sure. the shit about yoga, your learnings. <laughs> get Bridget on. We got to get Bridget on. She can share her, like her truth bombs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we should all three talk together because yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I think something that like people, you know, yoga is, yoga is discovery. Yoga is so many different things and hearing, hearing people that are in it all the time, truly just kind of admit that it's just this ongoing process makes it that much more accessible. Yeah. Right. And yoga teachers, listen, we don't know everything. No, like yoga, yoga, I say this a lot is a lot of opinions. Hmm. Yoga is a lot of people's opinions, right? The stories of yoga, we we don't know if those are true or not. So it's opinions, the way poses should be done, the words that you choose, they're all opinions, right? But you have to kind of compartmentalize that and just do what works for you. And it's a lot of, I, I get tired of hearing everyone's opinions about yoga all the time. That's why having a guru is not a good idea because yeah. you're just getting one side of it when maybe there's something else you need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy, if anybody wants to connect with you, um, take your class or, or train with you in the future, where can they find you? My Instagram is uh, just yoga mom. <laughs> <laughs> so appropriate. <laughs> Just Yoga Mom. Yep. Just Yoga Mom. And they can look on the Core Power Yoga um, app. Um, for me, they can just pull me up by name, by Wendy. And mm-hmm. I, I teach a lot. I teach like 16 classes a week or 15 Holy classes a week. Holy I It's a lot. So 
I'm findable that way. I would love for people to come in um, and take class with me. I mean, I don't care if you've been practicing for 20 years or 20 minutes. Just come. Thanks, Wendy. This was fun. Love you. Love you. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thanks to Wendy for always dropping the truth bombs. Thanks to our sponsor, Focus by Freddie. And don't forget, leave a rating and a review and send it to me over at Yoga Magic Podcast on Instagram to be entered to win a self-care package. I'll see you on Thursday, everybody.